On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Sidetracks, the unscripted and unruly series where we share with you what we've been watching and whether it's worth your time. This is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. I'm Brittany. And we are here on Sidetracks, which is our casual episode. And this is the week after the Oscars, the 95th Oscars. Yay, 95th Yay! Oscars. Recording on Pi Day, and I once again forgot to buy myself some pie for Pi Day, so <laughs> ding. But <laughs> so the Oscars, I guess that should be the first thing we talk about. How are you feeling about the Oscars, Britt? It was a very interesting year. So everything everywhere all at once was the big winner of the night. We kind of yeah. we kind of knew that going in it was more than likely going to be though. Um but yeah, it was okay. So let's talk about for example. So best supporting actress. Now we love Jamie Lee Curtis. We mm-hmm. you know, we are very big scream queens here at Grindhouse Girls podcast, but she was not really projected to win and no. she took it home. I think and here's the thing. I think I said this on our Oscars episode, I love Angela Bassett and I wanted her to win an Oscar because I think her career deserves an Oscar. But, and she did a fantastic job in Wakanda Forever. However, it wasn't a very large role. And I think we saw that with also um, Judd Hirsch, who is also another actor who's been working in Hollywood for a very long time, who has not been nominated often or ever, I think. Um, and he also had a very short part in The Fablemans. And I feel like if she had had a larger part, she probably would have taken it home. And that's not her. Obviously, it's not her fault. It's just like, have you seen Wakanda Forever yet? I Britain? haven't. So I haven't. Okay, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. I'll just say, like, it's definitely not her fault for the length of time she's in the movie. It's definitely the writer's fault. <laughs> and not a bad thing. But... She has such a good career. I mean, she was the mom in Eve's Bayou, and she's so fucking fantastic in that movie. And I feel like, I feel like sh- her time is coming. Yeah. Even though and, it kind of felt like it was her time. It and yeah, weird. I think that's like something that's very, so it's like, so, and this is like complicated. So we talk about like the politics of the Oscars, right? Like Angela Bassett is obviously a very, very talented actress. And sometimes it feels like the popularity vote. And I do have to say again with a disclaimer that, like, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I thought she was amazing and everything ever all at once. But it was like, I think with her, it was like, 
exhilarating to watch her in that role because it's so comical, but there's a lot of heart because it's depending on which multiversion of her multiverse version of she's playing of Daedra is kind of what you're saying. But I was even surprised because I thought for sure if Angela hadn't taken it home, once again, I like Carrie Condon from the Banshees of Insurance. I was like, she holds it her own and a room full of men because she's pretty much the only female cast member in that movie. And so it was yeah. very interesting. It almost makes you kind of wonder. It's like, the the Jamie Lee Curtis, like, I mean, obviously she's talented, but obviously people love her and adore her too. So those are kind of things that I always kind of am curious about yeah, when it comes I mean, to the Oscars. To, when we always have to remember her peers are voting for her, mm-hmm. not the general public. Yeah. So maybe, you know, she is the child of two Hollywood stars. As she said in her speech, Janet Lee and Tony Curtis, she's very integrated into Hollywood culture. And she's been a scream queen since she was very young. And her career has continued to flourish throughout the years because she's never really stopped working. She's just kind of changed the different kind of work she does. I think what people love about Jamie, too, is that she's very, like, she's not putting on a show. She's just genuinely who she is. And, I mean, she'll tell yeah. you, she's like, I sold yogurt that makes you shit. Like, you know, or like she... Yeah, her Instagram is very funny. Yeah, like, she's just, like, <laughs> such a down-to-earth wonderful lady. But she was one of the ones that was, like, it's not like I was upset that she won. It was just a surprise. Yeah, I think she was surprised, too. I really thought... I don't think she thought she was going to win. Mm -hmm. I think she was there for her co-stars. And I didn't think Stephanie Sue was going to win because I was like, I think she's too young. It's her first nominee. She's got a whole lovely career. I mean, she was fantastic. But, like, I was like, I feel like she's not going to win because she's just too young. And this, this year, the theme seemed to be comebacks. Yeah, And, like, giving awards to people who've been working. But it was really the comeback story. And I don't know if Jamie Lee Curtis really had a comeback, but I think she's just been a consistent person in Hollywood. And this was a very different role for her because she does usually do, like, Halloween or, like, Freaky Friday. And she's done a couple dramas, but not really. Like, the only other drama I can think of that she was in is, like, A Fish Called Wanda. And it was really more of a comedy. So, I can't think of another movie that was, like, serious that she did that wasn't a horror film, you know? And we know that the Oscars don't really appreciate horror in general sense. Because, again, like, did they... I don't think they've nominated... They nominated Get Out, but they definitely didn't nominate any of Jordan Peele's other movies for anything. Which I was surprised, because I thought us... I thought... I think he's gotten more sophisticated as a director, but... Nope, I know people were very lukewarm about Nope. I really liked it. Or, like, what was I saying, like, last year? Like, they ignored, like, Candyman, even though, like, it had fantastic visual effects with that, oh, that arm thing. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh, it still makes my skin crawl. Anyways, yeah, I'm I'm surprised Angela Bassett didn't win. I did. I was looking up shorts because I was like, I feel like there was, like, actors that have won for, like, less than 10 minutes of screen time. And sure enough, Judy Dench uh, was on screen Shakespeare in Love for eight minutes. Oh, yeah. Eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't, but that, that whole thing, there's a whole, there, somebody made a really good video on YouTube and I, ooh, I cannot remember. I will look it up about why Shakespeare in Love got so many Oscars. And it was more about Harvey Weinstein. It and was. his political shit. Yeah. Than actual performances. Not that Judy Dench doesn't deserve an Oscar. I love Judy Dench. 
But that there were a lot of really good movies that year, from what I remember. And it was kind of surprising. It looks like the record for the least amount of screen time may be Beatrice Straight for Network, which I've heard of the movie Network, never seen it. But she was on screen for five minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I'm like, I guess the stipulation for best supporting is you have to be on screen oh, for five minutes. It's by Be Kind, Rewind, and it's called Harvey Weinstein and the Oscars, How Gwyneth and Shakespeare in Love won. Yeah, I actually... It's an interesting video. I remember, so my drama teacher had a big movie poster of Shakespeare in Love in our theater classroom. And I think I saw it when I was maybe 14 or 15. And I hate saying it like this, but I would describe Shakespeare in Love as cute. It's a cute It's a cute movie. It's a cute movie. They do have a lot of references to Shakespeare stuff. Which I f- find, it's entertaining if you're a theater person, mm-hmm. or if you like Shakespeare, but I I don't think, I think it would fly over the head of someone who is not interested in that stuff, you know? It's like if I were to watch a, a comedic movie about football, a lot of it would go over my head, and I'd be like, I don't understand. I will say the good thing about Everything Everywhere All at Once, one of the good things, besides uh, Michelle Yeoh winning, uh, Ki-Hai Kwan winning... Um, which also hugging, hugging Dr. Jones. Yeah. That was fucking adorable. And him, like, making everybody cry. I cried. We had some very positive Alabama representation in Daniel Shiner from Everything Everywhere All all at Once and their editor, Paul Rogers, who is also from Alabama. And they both grew up in the Birmingham area, which is where we're based. So, like, and Daniel Shiner has like kind of grew up doing stuff at sidewalk film festival which if you guys have seen our instagram posts and i'm sure we've mentioned sidewalk before on here like it is like the coolest like nonprofit cinema and like as we there's a sidewalk film festival it's like the big biggest film festival in alabama maybe the only one but it's definitely the biggest one and he gave a little shout out on like on their instagram to sidewalk and stuff and i was like that's cool so like i've and and he said some stuff about uh how drag queens aren't threatening i was like thank you yes thank you but i thought that was nice to have some positive alabama representation absolutely um but also just the fact that like you know first asian woman to ever win best actress which is so surprising to me still i mean well the first woman of color to win the first woman of color to win since halle berry in 2001 for monsters ball that's insane I can't, and like Viola Davis has been nominated, and like how is she, she's one supporting actress, but like Viola Davis is like the goat when it comes to acting. She can do no wrong. I've never seen her in anything that I've been like, eh, she was okay. Like even in freaking Suicide Squad, I was like, she's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it was mostly good. I do love that Women Talking got an Oscar for adapted yes, screenplay. I do too. That was great. I didn't. Someone on my facebook was like that should have been best picture and i was like i don't think anybody really watched it because it wasn't really publicized until the very end of the i Oscar will season. say this i loved it and i think it may be in my top three best picture it was really good like out, out of the 10 nominees and i saw nine to ten i would say it's in my top three i would say everything everywhere banshees and women talking are probably my three favorites I think those are my three favorites, too. I did yeah. like Triangle of Sadness, but I think I think Women Talking edges out of it because Women Talking just was much more profound. Yeah, I agree. important to right now with everything going on in the world. 
or at least America. There are so many like moments in women talking that just like hurt my heart and like brought yes. tears to my eyes. How about when you realized the reason she had to go get medicine for her little girl? Oh, infuriating. Like I was like, are you fucking kidding me even i think even when i was reading about the real case so the youngest victim was three and the oldest was 65 yep and like and they like gassed their entire home so like nobody knew what was going on like i was like how did they not hear their relatives being assaulted and i was like oh they gassed the whole home i just i i think like a part that like really just hurt me too was um I forget the character's name, but she's the mother of, like, two of them. And she's wearing dentures. Mm-hmm. And she takes them out of her mouth. And she's like, I'm so sorry. They're so big. They hurt. And then it's like you see where it was like they beat her. And she wakes yep. up and she has teeth missing. Because they yep. not just sexually assaulted, they physically assaulted her, too. Yep. And that is, that's, like, a real thing that happened. Like, in the real reports mm-hmm. you can read, that is something that happened to somebody. And... I, it's just like a reminder that there is so much hurt and awfulness, but there is so much good that can come, yeah. too. Well, also, I like that they pointed out that this was from a community where they kept women, specifically for them, women, from being educated. They didn't know how to read and write. And it, it was a insular community and an isolated community and one that, like, like, when you control other people, it's never good, like, trying to control them. And you should always let people think for themselves, and no good comes from that. And they're, like, and it just fosters this really dangerous atmosphere um, where people will act out, especially when you don't normalize things like sex. You know, when you can't talk about it, it becomes taboo, and then it does foster this abusive attitude towards it and you know i did like that they pointed out that the young men like the the sons of them were victims too because they were taught to not respect women yeah and it's like it, when you foster hate in a child it's very hard for them to not grow up to exhibit that behavior that they've been shown if that's all they've ever known and when you don't spread your wings and fly and go see other people, then you don't know all the good that's in the world. Yeah. And all the different people that are in the world. Like, I didn't know a lot of people from different communities and society until I was in college. And it's not like my parents sheltered me that much. It's just, like, I went to a very small school and I saw, like, people that were, some people that were very different from me. But, like, Especially in Alabama, like, in the 2000s, like, it was still hard for people to, like, come out. Yeah. And stuff. I don't think I really had a out gay friend until college. And it was, and not that, like, I probably did have gay friends. They just weren't out. Yeah. And, you know, it's surprising to me. And it took me a long time to, like, know that stuff. So I can only imagine, like, and then, like, sex. Like, I'm lucky that I was a very curious person. And I have a nurse for a mother who would answer questions because, like, I know other people who grew up very sheltered and they're, because sex education sucks in this state and in a lot of states in America, like, they just had no idea about things. And it was, like, baffling 
how little people are taught in our society and you know and they're not taught to respect people they're just taught anatomy and i'm like sex is not just anatomy it's also like uh consent and how to treat someone well and how to please your partner and not that it should be you know necessarily like here's how you do this but i mean like it should at least be like yeah you should like figure out what i mean maybe it should be i don't know but at least consent should be taught. But this was a place that obviously consent was not taught at all. I like too, because it's a Rui Mara's character mentions because she's actually pregnant from her assault. And yeah. they bring that up at one point, And she's like, I love this child more than anything. And they're like, how? And she's like, because it's innocent. It's as innocent as its father was when he was born. And yeah. it's kind of reminding you too that like, yeah, so... When there's a baby, like, this baby's innocent. And once again, it's what they're taught that leads yeah. them to these violent decisions. But And that's where you see the baby in the beginning. You don't know if the baby's a male or a female. But it's like, your story will be different from our stories. Yeah. It's such a well-written movie. And, yeah. such a, and it came from, like, a book, too. And a true story. So, like, it, it's really well done. If you haven't watched it already, please go watch it. It's so good. I think it's still only rentable right now, mm-hmm. but it's definitely worth watching. It is really, really good. Um, I will say none of the movies that had donkey violence in them won anything. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, justice for Jenny and her friends. I know. But Jenny's alive, y'all. They brought her to the Oscars, apparently. She was so cute. Oh, my God. I need an emotional support donkey. I love donkeys. Like, they are very su- Okay, some donkeys aren't very sweet. But a lot of donkeys are very sweet. But surprisingly, Banshees didn't win anything. Yeah, that was a big shock. And I think it's because it did go up against everything everywhere in so many categories. Yeah. I think in another year, it probably would have won. Yeah, it definitely. Picture. If it had, if it wasn't for Everything Everywhere this year, it would have been the Best Picture winner this year. Because with the other nominees, like, I mean, I love Women Talking, but Women Talking is a very specific type of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Banshees is definitely a more universal appeal movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the year, I remember going to see Spotlight in theaters, and Spotlight actually won Best Picture the year it came out, which is, a, you know, a journal investigation movie um into yeah. the uh, the you know sex abuse going on in the catholic yeah. church but that was i a- haven't gotten to i haven't let myself watch that movie yet just because it's a lot it and like lot. i already have so much fucking guilt Oof. being ca- growing up catholic again i didn't have any priests that abused me but i had family members who decades before like in the 30s were abused allegedly yeah that's what i like to i like to call spotlight a very quiet best picture winner because it's one of those movies is a very important movie and obviously it won best picture for a reason but you don't just like you're not like getting together on friday night like let's watch spotlight you know yeah it's like let's just let's like watch spotlight also at the end of spotlight i think they do like put all of the towns that all the parishes where there's been uh investigations yeah. or accusations and it's like it never ends it's really upsetting y'all i think i've talked about this before this is like super fucking upsetting but it's something should be done about it so i'm glad they made a movie about it yeah um but it's one of those movies like i got it's like when i was watching all quiet under the western on the western front you know at a certain point i was like i know how this ends i've seen how good this movie is done how well it's made and i'm just gonna turn that off for my own mental health because i just can't do it 
and that's okay. And usually I can, but sometimes it's like when I can't watch Dogtooth a second time. I probably will now, but like there's only so much a person's mind can take. You know what? And so. I'll say this. I'm kind of <laughs> joking and I'm kind of being serious. Uh, So like I had something that I'm still not really ready to talk about on the podcast happen in early February. Yeah. And so for like two weeks, I'm just like, you know, I need to watch like mindless stuff. And so like I watched Your Minds and Ours, which is... Uh, <gasps> I love that movie so uh, not, much. Not, oh ball. shit. No, no, no. Not Yours, Mine, and Ours. I do love that movie. I do love that movie. And yeah, mom loved the movie with Seal ball and all the kids i'm sorry i said yours mine and ours i meant your place or mine or my place oh or yours. okay the one with ashton kutcher and uh reese witherspoon on netflix yeah how was it it's so fucking bad that i was like i have, <laughs> I have to watch something depressing now because I, I like i mean i saw i've seen doorknobs with more chemistry if i'm being honest like it's so- those are the that's the weirdest pairing they do not have, like, okay, so, so funny, so I don't know if you saw, like, the controversy, like, that he didn't touch her on the red carpet, like, they're, they're co-stars in the movie, and they stood next to each other and stuff, but, like, he didn't touch her, put her arm around her or anything, and they're just, like, obviously they hate each other, he's like, no, 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 he's like, because if you touch your female co-worker, uh, co-star, they automatically, people assume you're having an affair with them, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, I think Ashton. that's a, I think that's taking it to the extreme. You're literally married to Mila Kunis, but okay. Yeah. But no, it's literally they just don't have any chemistry. Even in the movie, they have no chemistry together. That's awkward. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than bad chemistry. Yeah. Especially like, for a romantic comedy. But you know, it's I'm glad because then you have shows like Outlander when like Katrina and Sam are like, they nailed it. Like even if you can go back and watch their first audition together, and you're just like, oh yeah, like they knew what they or were Pam doing. Or Pam and Jim. Oh, God. And you know, so, oh, my God. So, Jenna and Jim, I mean, not Jenna, uh, Jenna and John actually had crushes on each other at different times. But they, they were, did. But they but were they dating were both, other people. Yeah. and But I will say they both wanted each other to be that part at auditions. Yeah. So, like, they already knew that they were perfect for those parts together. And I mean, like, sometimes I've had chemistry with people I'm not attracted to. Stage chemistry in real life at all and i think it depends chemistry can be faked if you get along with the person off stage it can also be faked if you really don't get along with the person off stage but there has to be some kind of passion there either negative or positive i don't i hope you don't have a negative experience with your co-star because that would make a bad working environment but i feel like those are the two kinds of relationships off stage that make good stage chemistry or on screen chemistry like either you're really good friends off the camera and you get along or like you don't and they annoy you so but somehow you channel that but if like you just are very like lukewarm about them in person like it's that's yeah it's really hard to fake chemistry yeah i even think about going back to titanic and it's like so like i guess kate has seen leo audition she told james cameron she's like even if you don't hire me you have to hire him and so <laughs> when they both got the part the first thing she did like when they found out and they remet and they both knew they got the part she flashed him because she's like okay like i wanted i wanted to be less yeah, awkward I remember that. and so yeah. and even all these years later i think that's something enduring about titanic is that kate i mean like leo and and Kate are still good friends all these years yeah. later. They never dated, but they're best <laughs> the one friends. One questionable thing about Kate Winslet is why are you still friends with Leonardo DiCaprio? Sorry, I got into a fight recently. Not a fight fight. A heated conversation about Leonardo DiCaprio's dating history and whether it's 
who's like just where's the blame i'm like is it is it I have to say it? it because I know I say this every time we bring this up, but it's still like one of the funniest things I've read in a long time. And it's like, did you just think that Leo hated 9-11 so much that he wanted to date someone That's who what... can't remember? No, that is what Scott said when we were fighting about it. Oh my god. <laughs> that is literally, joke? yes. I read that and I cackled because I was like, that's the stupidest yet maybe possible thing oh my god we didn't really fight about it it was just we were like neither one of us was on his side it was just like the i don't know it was just really funny i was like why are we talking about this person's relationships (laughs) it was very funny i don't know but it's just like but yeah but i mean leo and him i mean leo and kate never were romantically involved all these years but they still like hang out and go on vacations occasionally together and everything so yeah yeah oh we did i did forget to mention brendan fraser yes and kihei kwan so in the beginning of the oscars they're like oh two people from encino man are nominated for oscars i was like Bitch, two people from Encino Man are Oscar winners. That is crazy. In a good way. Absolutely insane. But in a good way. Like, I'm very happy for them. I'm very happy for Brendan. Also, his shout out to um, Hong Chu. Oh, Hong Chow. Hong Chow. Hong Chow. Yeah. I was like, in my head, I was like, how does she spell her last name? Didn't he say something? He was like, Wells can swim in the depths of emotions that is Hong Chow. Or like, it takes a whale of emotion to act with her it was like, like yeah. something very eloquent and beautiful it was he made a lot of references to the sea yeah i appreciate i was like it's on brand brendan thank you yeah i'm so happy for him did you see i think it was the post carpet interview with him so it's him and his middle and youngest son Ken. i haven't gotten to see that yes is it cute it is very very cute so brendan's oldest son is uh autistic and i think that's mm-hmm. why he wasn't there but he always he thanked his oldest son in his speech there's oldest son named griffin uh, but his two middle children, Lee, uh, Holden and Leland, were there. And they were talking. And they are like, is your dad pretty cool? And they're just like, yeah, but, you know, we get enough of the dad jokes. And uh, they were talking. He was like, when I was little, he was like, you know, I would say, oh, I hate broccoli. And he's like, and dad would say, but broccoli loves you. And just like, <laughs> and it's just like, you see Brenda's like face. He's just like gritting so hard. And you could just tell like he's so insanely proud to like have his children there with him. And he, I'm Aww. like, he must have been like the best dad like you could just well, he tell pretty much one of the one of the other reasons other than the blacklisting when he was assaulted another reason he left acting the public reason he left acting was to raise his kids because he and his wife separated and then he wasn't working because of the blacklist and like his i heard like, she asked him for alimony, but then he was the one raising the kids. So it was a very weird situation where he basically had to put his career on hold. Rick Moranis did that, too, because his wife passed away really tragically of cancer. And that's why he stopped acting, because he needed to raise his kids, which I think is very honorable. But I think Brendan Fraser was, like, because he wasn't working as much i think he was able to really be a dad to his kids which is awesome in one respect but i'm sure it was a struggle to be raising kids and not be working as much as you were and also like if you really really love what you do too yeah which he did and he was really good at what he did i mean like 
I know his movies are, he did some like very dramatic movies and stuff when he was very younger, but most of his movies were rom-coms or action films. I, like I said, uh, Mrs. Winterborn is like a guilty pleasure of mine where he plays twin brothers and it's like a, basically a romance novel, like a Harlequin romance novel made into a movie. But, like, I fucking love anything he did. Because he's just so fucking charming. And also, I mean, like, looks aren't everything, but he is beautiful. And I think he's still (gasps) very handsome. Like, he, I mean, obviously he's older now, but he's still a very handsome man, even now. Oh, he is. I think, too, I think he probably, he was in a lot of pain because he really hurt himself. Mm -hmm. The last Mummy movie he did, he really injured himself. And that was another thing. He injured the shit out of his, I think his shoulder, I think. And he was in a lot of pain. And I think he probably wasn't able to, like, be as active as he used to be. So I think, I know for me it was shocking to see him. Because I had, you know, mummy Brendan Fraser, George the Jungle Brendan Fraser. Ooh, and you want to talk about pack abs. George the Jungle was filmed for, like, the woman's gaze even before. I think that was yeah, a thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that movie was, like, my first, one of my first sexual awakenings. Uh, I'm he's gorgeous, 100% it? guarantee. <laughs> he's, fu- and he's, like, naked. <laughs> but he's not, like, dirty naked. It's not, like, it's not even, like, they're, like, like, you don't see, like, a dick or anything. It's, like, funny naked, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's vaguely family-friendly. It is family friendly, but then it's also like Brendan Fraser's like basically naked in this whole movie. It was his Carrie Fisher in the metal bikini uh moment. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate it, Brendan. But I still think he's very handsome now, like you said. But it was a shock when I hadn't seen him for such a long time to be like, oh my god, he looks so different. But I'm like, well, it's also been like, you know, twenty years since the last time I've seen him in a movie. But he's also he's done a couple television shows, guest spots. He's cast in another pretty big movie, I think, too. I feel like I heard. So, like, he's got a lot of stuff on a lot of irons in the fire, and I'm sure this will help. Same thing with Kihei Kwan. I really want him to get more roles. Michelle Yeoh, I think, has consistently gotten roles, just not the roles that she deserved. So, I would like to see more of her as well. And, yeah. But I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with I'm happy with all the actor winners, even though I'm a little annoyed that Angela Bassett didn't get it, but I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis is undeserving either. I would agree with that. Also, she did the ugly thing, and you know Hollywood loves when you uglify yourself for a movie. That's true. It is true. They're like, Wow, <laughs> they don't have to be beautiful all the time? What? Yeah. Which I'm sorry, there is no way to make Angela Bassett unattractive that woman they put her in white hair to make her look older and i was like i don't believe it yeah she still looks like she's literally 35 maybe like maybe 40 i would say like maybe 40 but that's just how she carries herself with such a grace also her dress and her uh snake necklace that she was wearing was Mm -hmm. fucking yeah she had like this gorgeous purple number on yeah she was she's so pretty and state she's a stately person she just has a very regal presence i love angela bassett and then she's like fucking hilarious like i love her on american horror story but it doesn't i mean hopefully she'll get a role that features her prominently and she can be nominated again oh yeah like i think i I think we'll definitely see her nominated again i mean that's the thing i love about like these uh, young actors like stephanie shu and austin butler like they have 
decades ahead of them if they continue to work in Hollywood. Like, this is just the beginning for them. Yeah, and I was not... I don't think Austin Butler honestly expected to win i don't think he did either and it's really really funny because as i've said before like my husband was really like austin butler's <laughs> gonna win awesome but he was pissed because i said no it's gonna be brendan fraser and i was like in a world where brendan fraser doesn't win it's gonna be colin farrell like i was like there is yeah. not gonna which i feel bad because kind of going into things we've watched uh so i did see living with bill Niley and um how was it okay so i do I will admit, so I saw Ikaru first, and I saw that in January yeah. this year. It was hard not to compare it to Ikaru, but I do think that there was some improvements on the okay. movie. And then I do think there was, but I think the thing that was most detrimental is that, so in Ikaru, for example, like, he he tries to tell his son his diagnosis, and this happens in Living too, and he just can't bring himself to tell his son and Ikaru, oh. there's like this beautiful montage of him like looking back on his son growing up and how him and his son kind of became distant from each other mm-hmm. and it happens over like a sequence of like four or five different memories and in living they have it to just one memory and so it seems like mm-hmm. they really tried to shorten the movie a lot and i don't know if that's because it was they were trying to make it its own vehicle and not exactly the same i don't know if they were trying to make yeah. it a shorter runtime but there was things that improved. So, like, this is a spoiler alert for both movies. Uh, so, for the the whole movie, Ikaru, he doesn't tell anyone his diagnosis. And so, when he passes, it's like, at the end, they're piecing out, like, well, did he know that he was about to die? And in living, he finally does confide in someone his diagnosis. And I was really, uh. I was really glad for him that he did that. Like, I liked that choice because i think that was like part of the heartache of the original film it's like you're just and i think maybe it was also a way of like maybe japanese culture in the 1950s and especially older men who have survived the war but it was also like just tell someone please unburden your heart that like hurt me mm-hmm. in the original so for him to just have that moment where he could tell someone it was really touching um, for Taylor, who hadn't seen Ikaru and couldn't compare, Taylor was very, very touched by living. Um, and he ended up really, really liking it. And Bill Nye is amazing in this movie. He has a lot of very subtle facial expressions. And he's, like, listening and reacting to things. And so it's... I, I really, really liked it. It's not Kurosawa, but it's still, like, right. a beautiful movie. I can't wait to watch it, because I like Bill Nye a lot. Yeah. Because he's been in fucking everything. Um, because we were, I, uh, Taylor was singing, I feel it in my fingers. Oh, Taylor loves Love Actually. <laughs> I, but that part especially is probably one of the funniest parts in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole arc of him, that journey that his character takes is fucking hilarious. But I was like, and he was the stepdad in Shaun of the Dead. Yes. And he was one of the police officers in Hot Fuzz. Um, but... And he was like, he was like, and he was uh, Davy Jones. I was like, fuck, he's just been in everything. And I'm surprised. Again, he's another like, I'm surprised he hasn't been nominated before this. It's like Brendan Gleeson. I'm like, why have they not been nominated before? Because they've both been working consistently for a very long time. But like, I'm glad he got this. And I feel like it was a very different Oscars because I think in another, like when we were growing up, I feel like. It would be some movie that we hadn't had the opportunity to see. Yeah. And the fact that everything ever were all at once was something that literally almost everyone saw. 
this past year and everyone enjoyed and was very universal. Like I'm like, well, that was positive, but yeah, it was very daunting. So, uh, I watched in Bruges. Yay. Because of Banshees and, uh, Scott wanted me to watch it. And, um, (laughs) I love it. However, parts of the ending had me screaming I hate this movie now because (laughs) of certain things that happen and I don't want to spoil it. It is an older movie, but I don't really want to spoil it, you know, but like just certain people, you know, die and it upset me. But then they do leave it. The ending kind of makes up for it a little bit. So, eh. but it is very violent. There's a lot of gore, um, surprisingly. Um, Some of it like comes out of fucking nowhere. But I do think it's worth a watch. However, I will caution you because, again, this movie was, like, what, from, like, 2008, I think? Yeah, I think it is, like, almost 15 years old. Maybe even yeah. older. So, yeah. So, like, the humor in this movie, some of the, the uh, language is a little problematic, um, but it's also being said by people who are assassins mobsters with problematic moral compasses so i think that's why they're saying that but i would still caution you like there's some problematic language in there that i was like oh god why are they using this term ah like it bothered me a little but it didn't like bother me and like the way the context in which it was written i don't think the writer meant for it to be offensive i think he just meant this is a crass person and they would use crass language but the movie's great and it's a very interesting, darkly humorous and emotional movie. Very much like Banshees. I think Banshees is definitely more polished. Yeah. Banshees is like one of those movies that just like, I knew I wanted to see it because I kept seeing like people like Banshees have been sure. And then I watched it and I really did not expect for that movie to have the hold on me it did after like it was over. Yeah, like, I didn't expect to be so caught up in a donkey right or just like even or the dog just the dialogue like oh my gosh like there's so many like like heart jerky moments and i think it's like the dialogue is so good but the actors just like they elevate that material like they say these words and you just your heart is with them like i like i know powdrick is so simple but it's like there's so many moments that i'm like oh my god my heart like hurts for him because it's like he's not simple Brit. he's boring oh yeah he's boring, <laughs> he's boring. what <laughs> the thing is like too i'm glad that i think you and scott told me ahead of time hey like it's core it's it's a what's it, what am I, uh, it's a symbol it's symbolic mm-hmm. of like the uh irish war yeah. with england and uh, i was like oh okay which i love dairy girls which is a different time period in that whole issue in the troubles yes in the 90s but like i don't i really well i said something about <laughs> oh someone was like oh it's a northern irish movie and i was like so it's not the real ireland and i'm joking but i'm not because it oh you were saying that ireland. you were saying that about the irish goodbye the short right yes yeah. it was a northern irish movie mm-hmm. i was like ah but you won't give anything to the actual irish it's, it's okay i'm kind of kidding but also like it is an occupied basically territory yeah 
Um. And that's what my my coworker is a. Uh, he actually got his degree in history, and that's the first thing because I told him I was like, "You really need to watch the Banshees of Inisher." And he's like, "Okay." And like the next day, he came to work. He was like, "Oh my god, we gotta talk about this movie." He's like, "By the way, did you know? Did you recognize it was an allegory for the Irish Civil War?" And I was like. I did not, but thank God I know a history major. Because uh, I was like, yeah. that just elevated it too for me. Like, now knowing that that was, like, a thing. But it makes so much yeah. sense. It is. It's really good. But In Bruges is good too. Yeah. I would say, if you haven't watched it, watch it. Ooh. I did finally watch The Black Phone. Oh, did you like it? I did. I liked it. I did fall asleep a little bit. Um, But not because of the movie, because I was really tired. And I was trying to watch Nanny. And then I was like, no, I can't watch Nanny if I fall asleep. Um, and it wasn't, Nanny was was not boring. I was just tired. So I was like, mm, I think I'll watch something else. And so we turned on the black phone. And it kept my attention. I fell asleep for like two seconds. And then I woke immediately back up. I, I saw the ending and everything. So it was fine. But I really liked it. Um, but I may have missed, did they ever explain the mask thing? Why he wears the mask? Yeah. I don't think they do. I I personally okay. felt like it was just like an alter ego for him in a way. Like it, yeah. it gave like putting on the mask let him like kind of live that secondary version of who he was to grab her, his alter ego. So nobody nobody cared about me until I put on the mask. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. But it was genuinely creepy. Uh I did I I didn't mind the dead children helping the main character survive. The big thing is, and I try to understand, because I really, really enjoyed it. And obviously, in case you guys don't already know, we're both white women. Uh, but yes. I have a, I have a, I have a good friend who is a black woman, and she was not very happy that the main protagonist was a white boy, and all the children that had been murdered were children of color. Like, well, there was also. At least one white child, I think child, there was either too. one or two white children. Or two. So that's what... Because that's what I went in thinking that. And then I was like, well, I don't think that was the intention. I don't, and maybe it was a accidental yeah. thing. And maybe... I'm not saying she's valid. And, like, again, as a white person, sometimes we do things and we think that we're like, oh, this is inclusive. But then, like, from the lens of someone from who is a person of color, it's like, ooh, but it's kind of not inclusive and then you're like oh so i i could be wrong i didn't get that vibe from it but i really and i always I try know. to take into account other people's point of view yeah i liked it i mean i thought it was a really enjoyable movie now it's interesting because my dad hated the movie uh and thought it was <laughs> very boring but i really liked it really? and i thought yeah i didn't think it was boring i didn't either um but I will say, I think what happened is that probably when they were doing casting for the movie, they were probably just trying to diversify, not thinking yeah. that would be a thing that would upset people potentially. Yeah. To me, it came off as we want to make a diverse cast mm -hmm. and then, you know, they just, that's how, it, I, I, I didn't see anything that was purposeful in that, but that doesn't mean it isn't still wrong. Yeah. If that makes sense. I agree. That's yeah, what I was yeah. trying to no, say. No, I understand. I get exactly what you're yeah. saying. Like, it's still, like, her opinion is completely valid. And, yes. And, it's, and we understand why she has that opinion, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I will say it was pretty obvious that it was Stephen King's son who wrote yeah. it. Because there was a psychic kid. The pol And the police are just like, hey, can we, like, have your psychic daughter help us solve this crime for a minute. I'm like, what the? F this is so weird. I don't think any cop would actually do that. I mean, I guess it was refreshing that they weren't just like, she's crazy. But I was also like, oh, 
would someone do this? This seems weird. And also there's an alcoholic dad. Yeah. Who's abusive. So I was just like, uh, yeah, I think, which maybe is, I mean, we know Stephen King had a cocaine problem. And I think he had an alcohol problem as well. So maybe that's drawing from his own childhood. I don't know. I don't think Stephen King doesn't strike me as an abusive person. I've never heard that. No. But. I haven't either. Yeah. The dad did have some sympathy though. Yeah. I really. And I like that actor. I really, really. One of my favorite aspects was the ending, I think. And Mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm always amazed with children in movies because I'm like, are there children out there really this smart? Because I'd probably be dead. Like, I always think of, like, Kevin. <laughs> I always think of Kevin's mom in Home Alone, too. Like, when she she's, like, she's talking to the police officer about Kevin. And she's, like, Kevin's so smart. She's, like, if it was me, I'd probably be dead in a ditch somewhere. I'm, like, yeah, I feel that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would not be this clever to, like, put some of the ideas that children yeah. in scary movies have together. I also loved the brother angle mm-hmm. where, like, that came back. I was like, oh, fuck. And then it kind of, some of it played out how I thought it was going to play out. I was like, oh, it's going to be this. And then it did. But it was mostly, it was interesting and different. And it was a decent horror movie. It was, I would say it's like not quite as good as the first Conjuring movie. I would say it's about like the second Conjuring movie quality, like well-written horror. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I think it like was a fun watch and it wasn't a very long watch. I felt like it was maybe like right yeah. an hour and a half. But it was spooky. Like, it was pretty creepy. It was. There was a few moments that, like, I was like, oh, that's a little chilling. Also, like, I thought they were going to, like, show child torture. They didn't. Yes. But they alluded to it very often. And that was kind of terrifying. Yeah. Now, speaking of creepy, because I know you uh-huh. started this series, and we just finished the fourth episode last night of Yellow Jackets. I think that's where I'm at. Okay. I think that's the... I think that's where I'm at. Have you seen, and I won't, like, give too much context, but have you seen the scene with the no-eye person? Um, with grandma, Hold on. Like, grandma's in a bed? Um, I'm looking up. <laughs> I'm looking up to see which episode I think I this was. At. I think this was actually the third episode that this happened in. It, it's, uh, is it, is her name Tessa? Tessa, I think is uh she's the one that's uh uh she's in politics later in life yeah but you know what i watched like the first like three episodes Mm -hmm. and then i paused and then watched another couple episodes last week because i know the second season is coming out and i was like oh shoot i should finish this because it was decent Oh, I'm on episode four. I have seven minutes left of episode four. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the third episode, I think, it's like we see, is it Tessa? Is it Tessa the one that's running for politics? Am I thinking the right name? I feel so bad. I haven't. Uh, I think that sounds right. Uh, but... Other than like Shauna, for some reason, I'm not like these characters' names aren't sticking in my head quite the no, same. No, they're not sticking in my head either. And also like because it's like them playing, it's two different actors playing them as yeah. children and adults. I was like, I was still confused because some of them look dead on perfect and some of them don't really. Yeah, like it's like uh, I was telling that with Taylor. So Juliette Lewis is absolutely amazing, but I don't think she looks like the girl that plays the younger version of her. No, character. I keep forgetting what character she is in the flashback. Yeah, she's honestly. like the punk rock girl. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, is she that girl? Yeah, she's like the what? punk she's rock Natalie. Girl. Yeah, Natalie. Yeah. Thank you. But it's the one that's like, okay, so I, I promise. Like, I'm looking it up right I now. I promise I'm like on this like trail. So like. Oh, it's like Tessa, but it's like Tysa. Tysa. Okay. Tysa, Tessa. 
Because I find it like we're calling her Tessa, but then I was like, is that, is that right? But she has... Well, it's, it's spelled like T-A-I-S-S-A, mm-hmm. but I can't remember how they say it out loud. Yeah, it's that character, though, and I think it's in the third episode that you see she's having flashbacks, and it's like her grandma's sick, and... Oh. And yeah, and so you should. I think you would have seen this, but I know you said it's been a, it's been like a couple days or a couple weeks. Yeah. So she's having flashbacks to her grandma being sick, and she's at her grandma's bedside, and she's singing her grandma's song. And her grandma looks in the mirror in the corner of the room. It's like, who are you? Why are you here? Why are you here? And oh she, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm like yes. watching it because she looks in the mirror and there's nothing there. Like little Tessa looks in the mirror and there's nothing there. And then she looks at her grandma. Her grandma's like, "Don't let her take my eyes. Don't let her take my eyes." And she looks back and there's this figure, and it's like you see it for just a brief minute, and like my whole body got cold chills. So I was like, "Nope, nope, nope." Don't like it. Don't like it. Like, and I was telling Taylor. Taylor was like, calm, like, calm down. But I, I mean, that's the great thing about, like, movies and TV shows is that every once in a while you see something or the scene is set and it just makes you so unbearably c- uncomfortable. And in that yeah. moment, I was like, and I think it probably took me back to when I was a kid. And I used to see things when I was a kid. And it just like. I did too. It just, I was like, I'm not feeling this at all right now but that's it that's the only time the show has done that to me so far yeah it's not been too terrifying Mm -hmm. but it's been good also apparently the girl that plays tessa is in scream six oh okay which i haven't gotten i haven't either so Maybe this weekend. Didn't it say on Letterbox that it was like a 3.9 maybe? Which is actually pretty good for Letterbox, right? Because they do out of 5, I think. Oh, I haven't gone on Letterbox this week. Which is terrible because I've watched so many movies that I need to um, review <laughs> on Letterbox. I just, it's been like, there's just been too much stuff going on in my life. But yeah, I, I like Yellow Jackets. I would say definitely it's worth a watch. And I can't wait to watch more of it. But I also started finally watching The Wire. Oh, that's considered. Have you seen it? I haven't, but usually on the list of best television shows ever made, it's always in the top 30 every time. It's fantastic. Um, I mean, I've seen a couple episodes way, way, way back when. when It was like, I think it was done. It wasn't still on television. Or if it was, it was like the last season. But it was like my sister had it on. And, like, I hadn't seen any episodes, so I was like, I have no idea who these people are, what's going on. But it is really good. It's a very interesting look at specifically Baltimore, but, like, the very tiny line between law enforcement and people considered criminals or criminals and how it crosses so much. Because there's so many people who are technically breaking the law, but they're not bad people. But then there's also, like, people who are enforcing the law, but then they're doing terrible things. And so it's very honest about that portrayal, and it doesn't glorify the cops, which I appreciate. And also, this is a show that was back in 2003, I think is when it premiered. So it is very much a product of its time. Like, it's very 2003. But it's really good, and it's really well acted, and there's just... Okay, so they did when they did casting for it, because I was looking into this, because it's just really well casted, um, they are like, we went for character actors. So people who could, you know, really get into a role and weren't recognizable at the time. However, these are the people that are in it that you will all recognize if you watch it. 
Idris Elba is like one of the main villains. Well, I don't, and even he's not. Well, he is kind of evil. Um, Lance Reddick, Dominic West, who's currently playing Prince Charles on The Crown. Um, then we've got Andre Royo, Sonia Sohn, um, Michael K. Williams, who unfortunately passed away after he was in Lovecraft Country uh, a couple years ago. Michael B. Jordan as a fucking child, which was bizarre. Um, Amy Ryan from The Office and Aiden Gillen, a.k.a. Littlefinger. Oh, wow. And they're all, like, not all of them are in every season, but, like, a lot of them are in, like, two to four of the seasons. I think there's, like, five seasons. So it's incredible amount of talent. And it's just funny because all these people were, quote, unquote, like, unknowns. Or, like, a lot of them were, like, British actors playing American, so, like, American audiences didn't know them, like, Idris Elba and Dominic West. And Aiden Gillen, too. So, like, they didn't really know them, so it really, like, it does immerse you in it, and they do feel like real people. But it's very unflinching, uh, a look at, like, they're, basically, they're trying to, in the first season, it's different every season, but the first season, they're trying to bust a, like, drug kingpin in the projects in um baltimore but there's also like all this like politics with the cops and then like there's like good people who were kind of like caught up in the drug trade and then there's like uh some uh confidential informants who are like struggling with drug addiction and stuff and like and they're dealing heroin which is awful um and so it's just like it's really sad because there's a lot of like just people caught up in like quote-unquote the life you know yeah and it's like but it's but there's also a lot of comedy in it like there's a lot of like it's kind of like law and order if you pulled the blindfold off and like the blind cops are amazing which i'm there are good people i know in law enforcement but there's also like bad people in law enforcement and i think a lot of shows that follow law enforcement like law and order kind of like blind themselves to the fact that there's a lot of shitty people that are attracted to power and that's why they go for careers and things like law enforcement or like being a drug kingpin or a mobster you know it's almost like the same two sides of the same coin kind of thing and it shows that very well and i'm like sad because the show's like 20 years old and like how did we not talk about this then you know what i mean yeah um but it's it's very interesting, and it is a very good show. Also, I really like the theme music. It's by an Alabama, like, old, old band called, like, the Alabama Blind Boys or something. And it was, like, a band of literally, like, blind singers from Alabama. Which I found just a fascinating little fact. But anyways, it's on HBO Max. It's a really old show. Um, but I'm in the middle of season one and I really like it. Um, the main character is kind of a dick, um, honestly, but, um, there's a lot of really good actors in it. I mean, Idris Elba is kind of like a bad guy, but also I will watch anything with Idris Elba in it. I mean, he's fantastic. Also, I did not recognize Michael K. Williams at all because one, it's him 20 years from now, but I'm so used to him like looking like a dad. And he's, like, playing a young, like, he's not, uh, he's, like, he is a, um, he's, like, basically a thief. Like, he's, like, that's how he makes his living. 
and he steals the drugs from the drug kingpin's organization. Um, and that's how he gets roped in um, to the story. But, like, he's so different from, like, I'm used to him seeing. So I was like, where's Michael K. Williams? I thought he was in the show. And then Scott was like, oh, he plays um, Omar. And I was like, that's him? He just looks so different than I'm used to. So, but again, it's, you know, it's also him 20 years ago. And also, like, everybody was a character actor. So everyone really delved into their characters. So they really kind of just become their characters. Oh, Chris Bauer from True Blood is also in it. Okay. The, the sheriff. Yeah. Sheriff Belfour is apparently in it. He has, I haven't seen him yet. But there's just, like, you watch the show, you just look through the cast list, and you'll just be like, I know all of these people from something. Also, baby Michael B. Jordan is fucking hilarious Aww. to watch. I mean, he's he's not hilarious in it. He's doing a really good job in the show. But I'm just like, oh, he's just a baby. Baby. He's just a tiny little child in this. Uh, yeah. But anyways, I would, The Wire is like, I would say it's it's just as important to watch as The Sopranos. I would say. I've actually never seen The Sopranos, if I'm being honest. Um, I've seen, like, the first season. And it's good, but it was one of those things where, like, I was like, I mean, there's so many seasons. I know that The Wire only has five seasons. I think I can do five seasons of The Wire. But then I'm trying to catch up with Yellow Jackets, too. Yeah. <laughs> and then I ended up watching something I know you also watched. Wait. Can you guess? Mm. I know you finished it. I did finish it. You told me on Sunday you had finished it. Finish. Oh, oh, Agaresco? Yeah, season five. Oh, five. yeah, the final season. Yes. Oh. How, how did you like it? Uh, how far are you in it? <laughs> I finished. You it. did. Finished you did. It. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, spoiler alert. So you know, I'm a. Uh, I love uh, Haida and Resco together. So I was very, very happy and very. Uh, I just, I love them. Uh, so <laughs> I was very happy that they ended up together. I also kind of really liked the. Ca- it's kind of okay. You're gonna call me crazy. But it kind of reminds me of Michael Scott in The Office. You know how, like, Michael, like, everyone was going to throw, like, Michael, like, this big going-away party. And then Michael left very quietly and didn't let anyone know. Resco, like, fucking screams about how she wants to be a bride for, like, four seasons. And then just gets married in the middle of the night in the fifth season. And I kind of, Did she get married? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They signed the wedding. Okay. They signed the wedding. Like, they go to, like, base, it's not really the courthouse, but they go, like, basically, you see the name. It says, Haida Groom Resco Bride. And so, oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I kind of like that character development. Awesome. I don't think it's the best season. I think it's better than season four, the season before. Yeah. But I don't think it's as good as the first three. But I still like season it. Season three is my favorite. I think season three is my favorite too. But I did like the little side plot with Haida staying unemployed for longer than intended. Mm-hmm. Because especially people, it was almost like when people were in the pandemic and they were like, like me, like furloughed and you were just spending all your time at home and you'd get distracted by things and you had to go back to real life. Mm-hmm. And then how it's like harder to get back in once you've been out and stuff and that was interesting and him you know fixing himself and making other friends and like it was nice it was good and i liked their relationship i liked that it wasn't a perfect relationship yeah yeah but i mean that was it was normal but it was really cute i do hope they do a reunion special at some point i think it's really really cute too i um yeah 
I have to admit, so for season three, I do actually have some of the OTM girl songs on my Apple Music. So it's cute. It's good. It's good. Um, it's good music. I really liked it. I'm gonna miss Gretzko because I really like that show a lot. I know. I do too. It's like kind of like that show that I enjoyed watching and it made me happy, but it wasn't like it didn't take a lot of brain power to watch. And sometimes, exactly. like, I, I get myself wrapped up in things that really take brain power. And then I'm like, why am I a sauce Because everything you watch is a sausting, Brittany. Um, but, <laughs> so, like, Resco was the nice know. little reprieve. Uh, speaking of things that are saucing to watch, but, like, I am, I absolutely loved. Uh, so, The Last of Us actually had its final, like, the season finale. Uh, on Sunday yes, night too. I'm I've, I'm only two episodes in, but but I'll try. I know how the game ends. Yeah, so it's pretty much uh, they follow the storylines of the game, and uh, I will say this: so nine episodes of The Last of Us, I cried six of the nine episodes. I I cried the first episode. I didn't cry the second. Yeah, episode. the second episode was one of the only ones I didn't cry during. But I I mean the ending was so sad. But I was like, oh, but that's okay. Yeah, I know how the game ends Mm -hmm. and if they're following the game ending then i know what's happening um which probably if you've already played the game is probably very anticlimactic because you already know i actually think it's i think even if you played the game though it's like pedro's and bella's performance is just like it's so i will give like a slight slight spoiler because it doesn't really tell you how like the final episode will end but the beginning of the episode for season nine, the final episode of the season, we see this woman run for the woods. And I went, the first thing I told Taylor, I said, that looks just like Ellie in the video games. Because I haven't played the video games, but I watched cutscenes of the video games. So I'm very aware of what the characters look like. And it's like a pregnant woman. And she ends up giving birth. And it is Ellie. So it's like a flashback to seeing Ellie's birth. And it turns wow. out the actress playing her mother was the actress that played Ellie's in the video games and, okay. and who they used the motion caption for. So I was like, well, oh. no, holy shit, no wonder she looks like Ellie in the video games. It's literally her face and her movements. It is Ellie. Yeah. But, but didn't Elliot Page voice? No, no, no. Elliot, so originally Ellie was uh, loosely designed on Elliot Page. And then what happened is Elliot Page was working on some other kind of video game series oh. and was like, this is not cool. And so they had hired, uh, is it Ashley? <sighs> Ashley Johnson, I think. Ashley or Abby. You're right. Yes. Yeah. It, but he was, he was originally, but they, but he kind of looks like, or Ellie kind of looks like. Elliot Page. Mm, like when like he did Juno. When he did like Juno that yeah. kind of error. Yeah. Yeah, Juno. Mm-hmm. But I have the game that I think kept Elliot Page from doing it. It's called Beyond Two Souls and it's Elliot Page and Willem Dafoe. Oh wow. And they're both I I got like two quarters of the way through and then like some lady was giving birth and I remember my sister was coming over to do laundry and I was like I just don't want to play a game where I'm watching someone give birth. That's really stressful um, at this moment. And then I never went back to it. But I still own it. So maybe one day I'll finish it. Yeah. But but I always thought, because again, remember, I, I, I played the first part of the game. And then when whatever happens at the end of episode one's intro happened, I was like, fuck no, I'm not playing this. I'm crying too hard already. Yeah. And so, like, I didn't really, like, watch it after that. But I think it is, like, Ashley Johnson or something yeah. who does. I think you're right. That. I was like, I think it's either Ashley or Abby, but Ashley sounds more right. But, yeah, 
And so I was like, okay, that's really, really cool. I was like, but how, like, how, like, crazy, like, that must be so wonderfully, like, weird and emotional to be like, I was this character, and then I'm literally giving birth to this character that I was. Because, you know, she voiced Ellie for both video games, and that was, like, uh, four years apart, so she lived with the character for a while. So I thought that was really cool, and they actually did this multiple times in the show. So, like, like, the actress that plays Marlene in the show played Marlene in the video games. And then, like, the actor that yes. plays Joe in the video games, he has a role in one of the episodes in the show. So they, I mean, like, the creator of the show is, like, a huge fan of the video games, and he does all these little things to honor the original game series, too. Yeah, it is, like, a very um faithful adaptation of what I remember of the video games. Because I watched a lot of the video game, like, playthroughs when I was, like, I, I can't emotionally play this game. I don't know. I like emotional games, though, so I will go back and play it, I think, uh, this sh- and finish it, because I still own it. Taylor loved this show so much that he's like, he's like, I want to play the video game, and literally, I was looking up cutscenes. Has he not played it before? He hasn't played it before, uh-uh. Oh, we, I, I just assumed he'd played it, because he plays a lot of video games that I like, that I like. Like, he tends, to, well, you, you play them, too, with him, but, like, you guys tend to play a lot of games that i also like i'll be honest i I I actually don't play a lot of video games i enjoy video games but i don't play a lot of them except resident evils when they come out because i've been playing them since i was a kid and i love pokemon uh but taylor is the one that goes out of his way but we were looking up cutscenes from the game and like we were watching we had seen like people who had done the game like the uh playthroughs and it's like a 10 to 15 hour video game and i was like oh that is like that is a lot of it's time. Very long. Yeah, that's a lot of time. Not saying it's not worth it. It's just a task to undertake it. So it is, but if you're playing it every day, it's not as. I mean, also you're paying like sixty dollars for a game, mm-hmm. like so you better get fifteen hours out of that game. Oh yeah. I don't know. I I want to play more video games. I want to start streaming now because I do like playing video games, and I have a lot of horror video games that I think you know if we have time, it would be fun to stream for like uh y'all our listeners if y'all want to join us for a horror video game stream um i I won't say i'm the best video game player anymore because i haven't played a lot of them in a while but i mean i'm i'm all right (laughs) but i'm glad the last of us is like a faithful adaptation also it's just another way to watch pedro pascal I still have to watch Mandalorian season three. Yeah, and I haven't watched any of the Mandalorian. Now I am, I, I, I mean, I obviously we talk all the time about Game of Thrones. I love Game of Thrones, and he was incredible, even though he was in mm-hmm. Game of Thrones very long. Uh, he has very memorable death, memorable. very memorable death. Yes, uh, but and life. He was sexy. Yeah, in that he was. You outfit. gotta love Oberyn Martell. Um, but mm. with that being said, like he, I mean, he kills it in the last of us and like he especially watching like his journey with ellie by the time we get to the ninth episode and the decisions he makes in that episode Mm -hmm. it is i mean it made me physically sick to my stomach but also understood why he he does he does he does what he does uh it's just brilliant i can't wait to talk about it more yeah I mean, I I know how it ends. As long as it's the same video game ending, it won't upset me. But it's been a really long time since I watched it and played part of it. So. I know, like, you probably knows what happened. I know you know what happens because it follows the video game. But it's the way they, like, shoot it 
in like the entire sequence, mm-hmm. they use the opening theme song, which is like this just mm. very simple acoustic guitar. Yeah. Uh, and it's just bone chilling. Like I was just like, you know, oh my God. You know what I have to say about The Last of Us is the molded really gross me out. There's something about a fungus taking over your body. Forceps. And there's something about like it literally makes my skin crawl. I started itching yeah. watching episode two. And I'm like, that's another reason why I'm like, I gotta watch it. Cause I like I love the acting. I love the story, but I'm like, these really I there's something about like something growing on your body. Like that uh, parasitic kind of stuff that just really creeps me out, especially when it has to do with like your skin. Like, and I like watching like like I love Doctor Pimple Popper. Like, I'm not grossed out easily, but there's something about the way the molded are designed, and like I just oh, it's a in a good way. Like, it's a positive thing for the show, but it takes me a minute to like like you can ask Scott. I was watching it with him, and I was like. Oh my god! Like my skin is crawling. He's like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "What?" Like my skin itches. Like, ah, yeah. like, and it's, but it's truly frightening too. And like, and cordyceps are real, and they do take over ants and zombify them. However, I don't think, I don't think, from what I've read, like it can't actually happen. At least not while we're alive. Yeah, I, right. I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't think so, because, like, our body temperatures are such that they don't survive in our body temperatures. So, but I will say, uh, human temperatures have lowered in the past, like, 20 years. Like, it used to be 98.6, now it's, like, 97.7, I think, is the average, which is what I've always been at, Yeah, is in the 97s. So I don't know if that's a sign of things to come, but it's taken 20 years, 20 or 30 years to do that. So, I mean, we probably won't be alive for that if that happens. It's the mouth stuff. It's the little tendrils that come out of the oh, mouth yeah. when they're still like people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I don't like it. But you know, I do not. <sighs> as I've said before, <sighs> I don't like small holes. So like things like beehives and stuff. I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That, it's only when it has to do with skin. It's a skin thing. Like, that's what, like, the, the candy man, like, the holes in the arm. That grossed me out. But, like, I can see a beehive and it doesn't bother me. Yeah. It's, and that's, like, a, there's a lot of people that have that um, phobia. And I'm, I'm blanking on what it's called. Because even, like, in The but, Invisible Man, like, how the suit is, it's just, like, you see the holes in it. I'm just, like, oh. Yeah. Like, but that's how, like, the molded arm, like, oh. Yeah. Or not the molded. I'm calling it the molded because that's people were talking about resident evil that's the molded in resident evil the what, what do we call them in last of us it, I'm uh, cor- the corseps corseps yeah but they called them something else i know that's like what they refer to them as what oh oh not crawlers not crawlers what is it clickers clickers clickers, clickers. Yeah. that's what they are sorry yeah. that's why i was like the molded i was like nope that's resident evil 7 yeah we were talking that's- about resident evil 7 on Sunday. Sorry, y'all. Ooh, it's, it's the clickers. So sorry. Clickers. Because they make, like, clicking noises. They do. It's very creepy. Anyways, was there anything else you watched this week? No, I think that's, like, the majority of things that I've watched. So the only... Because let's see real quick. So we went over... 
I talked about women talking. We talked about Nanny last week living, mm-hmm. obviously The Last of Us. So other than I did watch the Fableman's Triangle Sadness and Top Gun Maverick, but I mean, nothing, nothing too crazy about those. Uh, just kind of, <laughs> just, just kind there. of Oscar season. Top Gun Maverick. I know Katie. It's not Katie's uh, cup of tea. That's fine. It's fun. I, I wasn't like in. I wasn't insanely in love with it. It's a fun movie. It is what it is. I'm sure it would have been really cool to see in the theaters because it's like airplanes and noises and action. So the Lady Gaga song from it was good, but I worry that she's going to join Scientology since she sang for it. I worry so much. That place is, in my opinion, toxic. In my head, I'm like, Lady Gaga has, like, fully led do with Joaquin Phoenix, the second Joker movie coming up. And I'm yeah. like, I'm excited. I'm excited it. about it. Oh, yeah. I did watch my Scientology movie, which is a very good documentary about Scientology. It's actually called My Scientology Movie? Yeah, it's by that okay. guy that did the... Did I already say this last podcast? Maybe I did. Was, was it the HBO documentary yeah. you are talking about? Well, it's on Hulu, I think. Okay. Or was it on HBO? It might have been on HBO. Ooh, I can't remember. But it's the it's the same journalist that does the the my money don't jiggle jiggle it oh. uh, that guy it's the same uh-huh. guy but okay. it was like a it was a, a documentary he did a long time ago a while back but uh, he interviews a lot of former Scientologists and he tries to interview current ones and the way they are so hostile towards people just asking them normal questions Ooh. is terrifying. Um, honestly, so that's why I don't watch. I had to explain to, um, Taylor's mom's friend why I don't watch things with Tom Cruise because it supports, uh, Louis Thoreau. That's his name. Yeah. It's on Hulu right now streaming. And she was like, what's Scientology? And then I was like, oh, oh, and I did explain to her a little bit, but I was just like, it's a lot. It's so much. Just watch the South Park episode on it. It pretty much tells you exactly what it is. Or listen, last podcast on the left just did another deep dive on the leader of, current leader, David Miscavige. But they've also done an L. Ron Hubbard. And then um, someplace underneath did it has done several deep dives about Shelley Miscavige, who has been missing for quite a while. She's the one Leah Remini was looking for. Mm-hmm. And file the missing persons report on. She's, we don't know where she is. She, we don't know if she's alive. I don't know. It's really, really creepy. Um, but Scientology finally got mad at last podcast on the left and made like a hate tweet about them and was like, they're evil. They hate religion. I was like, I mean, one of them is a Satanist, but it's like the church of Satan, not like an actual Satanist. Like they don't like worship Satan. They just like, it's the whole like, religion is stupid kind of church of satan so but they're not being religious bigots you're a cult in my opinion that's all i'm saying it's crazy but listen to the last podcast and left left episodes because if you really want to deep dive into it um and and form your own opinion about it i i think it sounds insane but i also grew up catholic so who am i to judge about religion let's face it so I believe in a lot of things that are probably kind of crazy to other people, so I get it. Um, but anyways, but yeah, that was it was actually a really interesting documentary. It's not a very long documentary. Um, I don't think it got nominated for anything because probably because Scientologists run Hollywood, 
somewhat. But anyways, uh, but yeah, that's all I watched. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo. Yeah, quick... still a lot of stuff, though. Yeah, a lot of stuff. And, uh, yeah, but yeah, other than that, um, we're going to watch Possession from 1981. Woohoo. Next week. I have not cracked it yet. I almost watched it yesterday and then i didn't i think i'm gonna watch it tomorrow i think that's what we're gonna watch it too tomorrow yeah so again there's i haven't watched it yet this was a film that was a video nasty and was banned in several countries but i don't i've kept myself in the dark about a lot of it so i'm not gonna i'm we'll tell you next week if it's like actually like triggering because it might be an irreversible situation or it might be more like Suspiria, the remake, where it's just very violent. Or it might not be triggering at all by today's standards. Yeah, really. maybe. But I don't know. People still talk about it, like, a lot. Like, it really is, like, bizarre and triggering. Um, but y'all have a good week. Um, fight the good fight. Wash your hands. Take your vitamins. Be kind to other people. Protect drag queens and trans kids, please. And trans people, because this is getting fucking ridiculous. And women's yeah. rights. Or I should say, people with vulvas rights. Or, yeah. You know, you should do that. I'm, oh, exciting. Speaking of vulvas, I'm, I I got cast in the vagina monologues. Yay. Just like a dream come true. Like, it's just a show that I've always wanted to, it's a bucket list show. And I'm very excited about it. Um, so, that's exciting. That's very um, exciting. Yeah. Um, but part of the reason it's endured is because it does talk about things that people don't talk about. And um, they have like a foundation that uh, helps try to stop violence towards um, women. And so, yeah, that's another thing. There's a lot of shit going on in the world. Um, but yeah, hopefully things get better. Some things are better. Uh, Andrew Tate's still in jail. Yay. That's nice. Um, anyways, but yeah, but have a good week, guys, and thanks for listening. We love you. Yeah, pretty much everything that, uh, Katie says, it's been, it's been wild. It's been wild. Uh, but 2023 is moving along, and we are third month into the year already. Um, I'm excited that it's spring, even though we've hit a cold front, and it's freezing outside again. I had to bring Fofana onto the porch. I know. It's like uh, we were in the 70s last week. We're in the 30s again. So, yeah. And, of course, we uh, we leapt forward in time, which uh, is always is Ooh, completely, is, is completely exhausting. Mm-hmm. But we're going to make it. We're all going to make it. Uh, we love you guys so much. We love all of you. All of you. All of you. All of you. And we just look forward to seeing you next time, uh, talking about possession. And, of course, next time, same sweet time, same sweet channel. Stay spooky, spooky, y'all. Bye. Bye, Bye, Katie. Bye, Bye, Ryan. Bye, Ryan. Bye, Bye, all the puppies and kitties. Bye, puppies. Bye, kitties. Bye, everybody. Bye. Have a good night.